Dumb Podcast. Hello. Matthew, you look very shocked. Oh, no, I was actually going for a, uh, an expression of glee and happiness, but shock, oh. if, if shock is what came out, then that is okay. Oh, Steve, Konichiwa. what you Oh. Ah, oh, he did it. You did the language and I it did. didn't sound did. like you were trying to characterise anything. No, no, I would have done the accent, but you guys have told me it. <laughs> <laughs> With good reason. You said that's insensitive. I got away with the accent in uh, Green Book. Uh, why did Why did Green Book call for an Asian accent? I didn't do it. I didn't do an Asian accent. Oh, right. in that. I did a American Italian oh, New Yorker. Right. Thank you very much. I thought it was, it was Welsh when you did it. Well, you know, I'm a man of many talents, and so sometimes those wires get crossed. Mm-hmm. Accents. Yeah, well, I, can't, I can't do those. No, no, I'm rubbish no, at accents. You can do a great Sean Connery, but I can do a good Sean Connery. That's about it. Now that he's dead, uh, is it? Yeah, that's not what she said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, uh, that, that's great. Now this week we're doing. Uh, we haven't done, I suppose, a foreign language film in quite some time. I feel have like we? we have, but I just can't remember what it is. I don't, no, okay, maybe not. Mm. Wait. No, we have. Oh, no, that was Australia Month. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I, th- I thought we did a film where there were a lot of subtitles and yeah, we, we commented on the fact that we don't mind subtitles and that we're, you know. Uh, it's the one with the basement under the house. Oh, of course, Parasite. 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 Yes, yeah. yes. Right. Because, Good um, gosh, that was a long time ago. That was a while ago. Yeah. And, but seeing as before we, I know we haven't introduced the film, but on the topic of subtitles, I do love that all three of us are mature enough to read mm. subtitles to a foreign language film. And also still just understand, like, not have to use an English dub. Yeah. I'm glad that that's yes. the case. I do have a problem with the titles in this film, though. And, and I know what you're going to say, and I, I have comments on okay. that as well, yes. Well, in that case and anyway and blah, blah, blah <laughs> and all the things. Yes. Steve, you're still missing your microphone stand. Where did that go? Yes. I mean, even if even if this is, you know, released far down the road. In, in the canon of Trailer Island, uh, I just want mm. people to know that this is the chapter of um, Steve without his microphone stand. Yes. Um, Steve is currently going, the character Steve is currently going through some turmoil, some upheaval. Uh, he's, in a, he's in a phase of change. But you did have your mic stand last week, though. Uh, I did. I did. So That's you've right. lost it again. Yes. This, this narrative is non-linear. <laughs> oh, in a Christopher Nolan film. Yeah. Oh, I see. Sometimes <laughs> Trailer Island does flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Oh, Matthew, I remember the time that you got very angry about the way I was talking about something and that time is linear. Um, look, my therapist says I've been doing very well recently. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> right, who's introducing the film? Uh, oh, Steve or... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah why absolutely. Not, why not? Uh, this week we are talking about 2016's Shin Godzilla. Oh, 
compare that to to Godzilla versus Kong, and mm. there is there the, the contrast is immediately stark, isn't it? I, it is, and I actually find it strangely enough though. I still find that. Godzilla versus Kong was, st- in terms of the Godzilla elements, was still trying to go. Here's the god old Godzilla with the music and stuff. Yeah. Whereas in this film, uh, this trailer rather, they do exactly the same thing, but much much better because it is that kind of retro graphics for the yeah. titles. Yeah. As well as I'm assuming the actual soundtrack. It sounds like it that was recorded yeah. a while ago. That music, at least, and so it's very much a hey guys, we're going back to the. The, uh, the roots yeah. of Godzilla. Yeah. This, we're going to go back and do the original kind of Godzilla thing here. Well, you, you talk about comparing it to, would you say, Godzilla versus Kong? Yeah. Expl- like, what is it about Godzilla versus Kong trailer? Well, that's very block- blockbuster camp ish. It's got the. American. The American. It's got the, like, the high stakes hip hop music as Godzilla mm-hmm. like, leaps from the, the aircraft carrier. This <laughs> is this, this wonderful, and I'm not sure if it's originally composed for this movie or it's actually something that they've drawn on from Godzilla's Japanese back catalogue but there's wonderful score that's building up as well as like all these continuously you know charging up shot changes yeah. of, of devastation until it lands on Godzilla in the middle of desolate Tokyo mm. I think it was Tokyo yeah which for me really sort of actually miss miss sort of sells the movie a little bit oh really how well, okay. Before we before we get into the the, yeah. the, the meat and biscuits, that's what I'm going to go. With. That's what came to my head. <laughs> Do you have um, meat and biscuits? No, as that's a just meal? I, I wanted. A, I don't know. I I couldn't think of the an actual expression, so I made up one. Cheese um, and biscuits. Cheese. Yeah. Cheese. Actually, and no, crackers. no, 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 no. Meat, meat and biscuits. Meat, biscuits. Me, meat and we biscuits. are now getting into the meat and biscuits. <laughs> you, right. can, you get these shirts on trailerisland.com.au. Yeah. Yeah. Meat and biscuits. But before we do get into the meat and biscuits, because <laughs> there's a lot of meat and a lot of biscuits to unpack, um, this is a request. Oh, oh yes, yes, it is. Yes, a request from friend of the podcast, Mickle Pickle, mm. who we know as Michael or Mitchell Pickle or all manner of names. Some of the best memes I have ever seen come from that man. Yeah. Well, he is his own little internet sensation, isn't he? Mm, absolutely. Yes. Little Mickle Pickle. Mickle Pickle has a YouTube page. Yep. If you'd like to visit him, uh, Mickle spelt with two L's and Pickle spelt with two L's as well. Uh, he does a, all manner of things from comedy right through to his own adaptations of mm. a Japanese um, manga called yeah. Made in Abyss, which I think I can say that without repercussion. Yeah. Um, so he, he does his... Uh, so yeah, there's, there's a wide range of stuff. Now. And he loves Godzilla, which is why he has yes. requested this movie. And he sent in a little little audio clip of himself talking. No one's actually ever seen his face. <laughs> we believe without that, a hoodie. Yeah, we believe that um, his face as seen on his YouTube channel might be CGI. Maybe he's a robot. It's true. It's possible, possible. Anyway, here is Mickle Picker with his comments on Shin Godzilla. Hello, Trailer Island Podcast. I recommended the film Shin Godzilla for various reasons, but my main being, first and foremost, it being a film from Japan, both its writing and, I guess, cinematic direction are very different from the more traditional, like, Australian and Hollywood films usually spoken about on this podcast. And the same thing actually goes for its trailer. And secondly, the Godzilla's presentation in this film is vastly different from what we've seen in, like, recent years regarding Godzilla films. Okay, there is a third reason, and that's because I freaking love this movie. I'm keen to hear what y'all have to say about it. And he is right. This Mm. is... I think, you know, myself, I grew up on the American Godzillas, for better or worse, and it was fascinating to see a completely different 
uh, albeit the original, I suppose, if you want to call it that, take on this character. It's fascinating to see when another country considers a block bunch, but blockbuster in their own. I I would absolutely agree. I I enjoyed this movie, but there and I actually think this film shot quite well. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. But at the same time, there were moments where I thought it was shot in a way that an American film student would shoot their movie. Oh, yeah. If that makes sense. And I don't mean that to be disparaging. I just I just it was a difference I noted in the culture. Which I thought was really cool. The way that they do action is very different to the way that American Hollywood movies would do action. There's there's a lot more. It's a what's the word? I think it's a lot methodical. Yes, yeah, exactly methodical. And I think to, to be fair, this movie just because of the plot is not your traditional Godzilla film. There's a lot of satire. There's a lot of politics. I know the original Godzilla film of the 50s or 60s was a metaphor for the atomic bombs. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But um, this one, I felt like the, the satire was really heavy. Yeah. And, but good. But well, that was the well, main focus. It's almost focus. a political drama. Yeah. It is. That's right. We see the, the politicians who are faced with this unknown threat basically just... The worst villain is all the red tape they have yeah. to cut just to do anything. And meanwhile, people are being injured or killed. And they're mostly concerned about what their decisions will affect their own personal political careers. That's right. As yeah. well. And and it's so you mentioned the subtitles before, Alex, and mm. I think this is the point you were going to bring up is, of course, being a foreign language film, we're reading all the dialogue. But there are so many political figureheads we meet in mm. this movie that come up with a, uh, their, a, own a their own title in written word. You can't read the subtitle and read their name and their position in the government at the same time. So that was potentially the one thing I struggled with, was going, okay, I need to read the dialogue so I know what's happening. I don't know who this person is, but I'm assuming I will pick it up as the movie goes along. Do you think that would be like if if it was a Japanese person watching an Australian political thriller with the the same sort of template there? Do you think they'd find it troubling as well? Probably. I think the filmmaking technique would be different because in this, the film doesn't say, you know, oh, welcome to the room, so-and-so X character, which is what you would get in, a, I guess, a traditional Western film. Someone is introduced onto the screen, whereas in this it cuts straight to this new character talking and and they're not introduced in any way. Yeah. It just says who they are and what they do, which I reckon probably in the in the Japanese release has that as well, would have their titles on the top yeah. of the screen, would oh, you yeah. say? Yeah, it just I, wouldn't I would have agree. the subtitles at the bottom. Yeah. And so you would only have to focus on, in that moment, that person's title. Yes, yeah. no, and, and of course that's that's how the, you know, this film was made for Japanese audiences. That's how it's meant to be watched. Mm. I, did, I just found it funny that it, in a way it actually added to the satire that you keep getting introduced to these meaningless political faces and you go yeah. and in the end you kind of realize there are so many people mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. chain of command it doesn't really matter who they are because they're all just going to have their own interests at heart so I, in a strange way I, I don't know if it was intended for us english audiences it kind of added to that political satire which was interesting it, it reminded me you know when uh, you see those classic things where well i'm not talking to so and so at the moment could you so could you please <laughs> tell so and so that yeah. i said this yeah, yeah but in this case it's it's like six people down the chain literally within maybe two rooms <laughs> to get something approved because they've yeah. got such a hierarchy and chain of command that must be adhered to i um there, there was something this movie did that i didn't notice and, and I, I watched this with michael and he was the one who pointed it out which was they would be in one room this group of uh, of government officials going oh god we've got to make this decision quick to this decision making yeah, room yeah. and they go oh no we've got to go back to the other decision making room and then there were these very comical deliberately comical shots of them walking through corridors yeah. back and forth between mm-hmm. the two rooms but meanwhile Godzilla's on this 
rampage and nothing's getting done. Should we? Uh, well, the movie itself, we should yes. just clarify. It, it does focus on a selection of government officials mm. um, who are trying to deal with a new threat that's emerging off the, off the coast of Japan. I think it's Tokyo Bay. Is it Tokyo yeah. Harbor, something like that? Yeah. Uh, it turns out to be one of the first forms of Godzilla mm. who makes its way on shore. Who um, looks surprisingly cute. I thought I thought the the first form of Godzilla, that little like wiggling creature through the yes, that was the probably the most hammy part of this movie. <laughs> but it was also really, I think it was cheesy for a reason. Sure, it was trying to harken back to the the fifty the nineteen fifties. Yeah, speaking of Godzilla is portrayed by a man in motion capture yep. which I kind of like again you know traditionally in, the, in those old movies he was just a man in a rubber suit so mm. in a strange kind of connective tissue kind of way that's been continued I suppose Yeah. but I, I would agree um, by western standards for a film that came out 2016 was it I think 2016 the, the CG isn't at the level of, of your Star Wars your current Star Wars you know uh, the, the Hollywood Money obviously speaks in when it comes to that. Well, obviously, we learned from our episode on the Mitchells versus the Machines that Matthew, you are <laughs> the uh, the keynote spokesperson when yeah. it comes to CGI. That is correct. Yeah. I uh, I invented it. I am George Lucas. Reverence is is the word I use around you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but but seriously, like obviously, obviously you can tell it's that a strange the, name for the cologne the, that he uses. <laughs> the the <laughs> it's very strong. The special effects. <laughs> are obviously not as refined, perhaps, yeah. as you would have expected of a of a Hollywood movie made in 2016. No. Now, that is not a negative no. thing. It's just merely an observation. It's also there for a reason. It is, it's, it's, it's a callback. It's meant it, yeah, to make precisely. you think of the 1950s one. And I, like the 1950s one, this is also almost an allegory for a, a major Japanese event as well. Yes, I was reading about the 2011... Um, tsunami and earthquake no earthquake then tsunami mm. then nuclear disaster yeah. and this film is very funnily enough the American film is actually based on that as well I was reading because that American 2014 film mm. you have that Japanese power station yeah, yeah, yeah. which I didn't connect at the time but they actually that is a deliberate reference oh. to that 2011 attack and in this movie I was reading by the director basically said look that American film is fine yeah but we wanted to do the same premise but do it better basically yeah. and and look for all all intents and purposes there's more godzilla in this movie yeah. than there is in that american one and not only that in this one not only do i care about the human characters i also care about godzilla it's also a lot more culturally relevant for the japanese as well because yeah. there's a good reason that you know the main characters are tied down in bureaucracy and that's because a lot of japanese people blame government bureaucracy for the for the disaster that visited their shore yeah and and this is very much like you say shining a light again on the fact that i mean i don't know if that's accurate but it paints the picture visually very well them having to go to separate rooms with different groups of people to make one decision you can imagine that not purely in a japanese setting but in in an american setting in an australian setting just some big decision being made you can imagine the amount of phone calls that would be made meanwhile it's just stagnating like nothing's happening you know that kind of thing let's talk about let's talk about godzilla yeah so he appears in Tokyo Bay, or I forget the actual name of, of that harbour or that area in Tokyo there. Japan Bay. Japan Bay. And he comes on shore and he goes on, makes a, a beeline into shore, then turns around and goes back yeah. to the bay. That first time, is that when they first attack him? I can't remember now. I think they try to, yeah. They try to, and he sort of evolves, he changes. Yeah. 
and um, we get the idea as the film progresses that he's he's evolving, he's going through these different stages of development and basically getting bigger, nastier and meaner mm. as time goes on. Um, there's that wonderful sequence where you could suggest for this movie he gets to his full power that we see in this film at least at night time mm-hmm. and he starts using his atomic breath yeah. and his atomic spines and it's just, it's just awesome. It's yeah, so it cool. Great. It is so good. I, I it, It's funny that the military porn, which is a filmmaker's term, <laughs> um, is actually, I didn't expect to be seen outside of a Michael Bay film. Mm. There's a lot of tank action or at least lots of shots of tanks and missiles and stuff in this movie. Yeah. I have no shame in admitting I thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed the bureaucracy behind that. Yeah. Like the amount of movement that had to go in in these offices to actually get those tanks to move (laughs) to places. But also for once, you could also follow their tactics. Yeah. Like it wasn't just random. It wasn't just going, I'll send a tank here. They they actually had a plan of sorts. And you got to see that, them try and pull that off, which was cool. I should say about that bureaucracy side of stuff, it, it sounds like that would be quite boring and dry to look at, but they've shot it very well. And yeah, I, I think I'm, so. I mean, even it has been done loads of times before, but even when people are reading, yeah. you shoot through a perspex, perspex or glass thing with the writing, so you see the writing above the camera as they're reading it kind of thing. It just makes it more cinematic. I, um, I would concede that any, any normal person watching this film is going to get bored. But, <laughs> right. but I think that's the, that's the point. That's the point. Sure, yeah. Government bureaucracy is meant to be boring and it's meant to be off-putting and, and that is the true villain of Shin mm. Godzilla. And I think that's that's why yeah, that exists and the yeah. first half hour of this movie is literally hallway walking in office. Talking. Yeah, and it is great seeing all these people get more and more tired yeah. as the film goes. Yeah. I thought they'd actually portrayed that quite well. Even they were getting fed up with all this red tape they had to deal with. Um, and just the size of this team that they had to, to, to work with. I actually, yeah, I agree with you, Steve. That was a very successful element of the movie. Sort of sort of the most accurate ret- portrayal of, of uh, disaster first responders in a movie. It, you know? it is funny. I don't know if I should have been thinking this at the time, but I was thinking about when COVID first happened mm-hmm. a little bit. And I, obviously this film was made before that, but specifically for us here in, in Australia, I was thinking, you know, when they first shut the borders, it's like, is this the process that was yeah. happening back in Canberra before that decision was made. Scott Morrison's you know. going off to Greg Hunt and then they're going off to talk to yeah. whoever the deputy prime then minister is. Then they have to all go as a group to the, the border closing room, yeah. but then they realise they need to go back to the... The, the, the chief doctor's office. The chief doctor's office. Yeah. But then they have to go back to the border closing room. And yeah, that, anyway. and then it's Christmas. And then it's Christmas. Yeah. Anyway, you get the point. But um, yeah, I, it was funny. I, it did... It, it, I think the film's done its job because it made me think about any major decision a government's ever had to make this is probably what yeah, happens. Yeah, they're not to give too much of a disservice to politicians, but I don't think anyone's going to try and save them. Probably thinking about themselves first, or at least very high up their priority list is their career and how they're going to be looked at after this event, and then also just the sheer logistics of trying to organise some kind of nationwide response. I thought the the most frustrating part of that little. That, those vignettes were how many times like the official comes in, gets asked a question and they say, we don't know. We're trying to figure that out. And it happens like every 15 minutes on the dot. And it's very frustrating because as, as like, as, as a person growing up, you go, you're told 
or never be afraid to admit what you don't know. Yeah. That's that's fine. If you don't know something, just say, I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. You can see on film, though, how frustrating that is, <laughs> how annoying that is. <laughs> just figure it out, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's good. It's... It's interesting. Like I, I, I'm not a, I'm haven't been exposed to much Japanese cinema, and I, I do understand that in terms of of comedy, their culture is quite different, and and their ter- and what they consider classic comedy is very different to what we would. But I did find this this film, and I think it's intentionally trying to be so, quite funny in places, yeah, especially yeah. again with those human interactions, and and I kind of in, enjoy that. But then always interrupting that, spearheading that, we cut back to Godzilla laying waste to an entire mm-hmm. city. And it's it's an interesting mix, isn't it, really, of, of vision. My thoughts about it were that it was shot like it was a an anime. Okay. I, and I, it might be just the racial part of my mind going, oh, Japanese anime, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. But at the same token, just the, the cinematography that was going on was very reminiscent of, of 2D animation. The way they portray Godzilla, mm. that felt really anime to me. Okay. I don't know why. That's that's the that's the the vibe I was getting. Though. Sure, sure. I mean, I can't really comment because I I've seen very little mm. anime. I, I all I would suggest is I really appreciated all the all the angles. I, I again, I I think their their cinematographer f- did a great job of yeah. finding interesting angles to to shoot, even sometimes a very mundane. And the film visually is just very nice to look at. Am I right in saying they used miniatures at some? some they they must yes. have. Yeah, they must have. There's quite a on the uh, features on the because I watch this on the Blu-ray. Mm. There's quite a few features where they do a lot of miniature work. That's a good. lot of city destruction. I say the city destruction fluid. stuff looked really good. Mm. Yeah. And and there's a there's a shot about oh it might be halfway through the movie where they all go down to the, the politicians go down to survey the damage. And I don't know if, I mean, that set must have been some kind of miniature extension, mm-hmm. but it looks amazing. It's like, where did they find all this rubble and this desolation? Yeah. Just because they're real people. You can tell that they're the real people on a set of some kind. Yeah. And it, it honestly looks like all those news feeds you see of any tsunami disaster. Mm. Like it, it, this film makes it makes a few points and I think it makes them very well, both visually and through dialogue. You know, it is commenting again on whenever there is some massive disaster and, the government response, be it positive or negative, I think is really what it comes down to. What I was sort of waiting for is the American recut of this movie where they <laughs> put in two American main characters like the original. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's all about them and all the bureaucracy just sort of gets pushed off to the side a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like on the ground crawling through the rubble yeah. trying to get somewhere mm. because they've got like the you know, the answer to a question. We should mention there are American characters in this. Yes, there's two. Two, I think. The American guy on the plane, though, I was like, he's putting on the the American accent very thick here. Yeah. Or I've just been watching this Japanese (laughs) movie for far too long. Though, to be fair, I've seen American films where they still speak like that. You know, the whole kind of government, you know, I'm from the, I can't even do it. But, you know, you know the one I'm talking about. Just do your Sean Connery accent. There are things in here that don't react well to bullets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was it was it a bit odd? Like this Godzilla bloke, he's like really slow and stuff. And then when he atomic breath, he's like yeeting all around yeah. the place. Just like oh, while I'm here, I I think that was the point. Is is they get to that point and 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 the military and they have completely underestimated the kind of threat he poses, and then he just he really 
you know, comes into the God element of his name for once. I haven't seen that in the American films where he literally explodes and can shoot lasers yeah. in multiple directions. And I don't even, at that point, I didn't really care for any inconsistencies. <laughs> I just thought it was awesome and it was cool. But but again, yeah, like he becomes a greater and greater and greater threat as the as the movie goes on. And I understand. I think I don't know if it was the first one, but there there is either a, a comic of Godzilla or the, one of the first films where he has these multiple stages. Michael did tell me about it at the time, and I'm sorry, Michael, that you're listening. I've forgotten <laughs> what you told me. But this film, I think, has taken a pre-existing idea and reapplied it to to this new incarnation. Is what I understand. Yeah, yeah. And um, but we in this movie we don't see him get all the way. No, but you do get to see him as 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 big Godzilla, tallest buildings. Yeah, but um, but there's there's the shot toward the end where it implies he's got another stage. Yeah, and I'm excited by that. I would love to see a follow up to this. Well, Matt, you're in luck. <gasps> Wait, really? Yes. Oh my God, yes. You're in luck. Uh, nothing's been announced yet. Uh, oh, but the plan was. <laughs> Why would you do that the, to me? <laughs> the plan was for this movie to have a sequel pretty much immediately. The problem being, um. Godzilla in the US. Yes. Yeah. So that came out in 2014, and then you had um, King of the Monsters in 2019. Which I should should say I still love. Me too. Even Me too. having seen the Japanese in- incarnation of Godzilla, I still love King of the Monsters. But the, there was there's the question of rights, mm. and and they were sort of waiting for Kong v Godzilla to come out, so the, the rights would totally revert back to the Japanese owners. I see. Okay. Um, and so that. It gives them the opportunity to sequelize now. See, and I and I'd love to see that. And but part of me also then lament, like, why can't we have both? You know, because I'd love to question. see, I'd love to see a continuation. Even though I think all of us were a little colder on Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, you know, it was not as good as the one preceding it. But I mean, it's a giant lizard just destroying things. Let's just have fun. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I think uh, it's probably more to do with the. Asian cinematic mark markets at the moment as well. It's it's so valuable there. Hey, look, actually, you know what? I mean, that's that's a bit like someone trying to like, mm. Australians trying to make a James Bond film. It's a British property. Yeah, that's true. You know what? I get that. No, let's. Yeah, no, I, I'm not. It's more just. Why can't we bo- have both types of Godzilla happening? Yeah, at the same I mean, time, yeah. you know, we we look at um, Marvel are starting to do a multiverse thing. I think, and DC are doing the same thing, mm. like with the, the standalone Joker film. Like, I don't think anyone would mind. Yeah, but, you know you're wrong. You're not wrong. You're yeah, not wrong. and I very happily um, enjoyed this movie, and I would happily watch this again and watch a sequel. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that anyone needs to have an answer to this. I just think it would be cool to have both kicking around. I, th- I think the, the the plan is to do an, a, a sequel to Shin Godzilla, and I would be happy to watch another one. I would be very interested to see the film made in exactly the same style with the exact same incident but from a different perspective. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So say it was the Americans in this same sort of bureaucratic handling of the situation because they yeah. are so involved in this film. Yeah, especially towards um, the end. You could tell that story from that perspective. I feel like it's really odd that the American characters in this film are portrayed as like the... Oh, we're, we're, we're above all the bureaucracy. I, we just we'll just do it. We just yeah, do I, it. I, when I, the American system <laughs> is is as bureaucratic, if not worse. I did actually find it odd. I would have thought that if a movie was going to have two governments working together, you I would have thought that the movie would have had the the government of the country the film has been made in appear to be the more ready to act. But again, much like that original Godzilla film about those those two atomic bombs. 
I think that's the point of the movie. Yeah, Not so yeah. much saying that America's are right, because I think the last couple of years have taught us that it's just, you know, look away and hope it goes away. But the Japanese government in this is not so much on trial, but they're just shining a light on, on the yeah. way that things work. Mm-hmm. It is probably dialed up a bit to slapstick, and I don't mind that. I don't know how accurate that process is. I don't understand any, I don't even understand Australian politics, to be honest with you. So, but yeah, it, it was odd that the Americans were portrayed almost as if, the, uh, almost like the heroes that had to come in and save the day. Yeah. I thought that was an odd choice. Yeah. Yeah. Considering especially, but maybe that was meant to bring to mind your thoughts of your history of, of, the, yeah. end of the Second World War. They actually used photos from the, the um, aftermath of those atomic bombs in Nagasaki, I think, in the film. Mm-hmm. So the, the movie's very aware that its audience are going to be, to a certain degree, aware of what atomic energy or atomic power means to the Japanese people. Or even the Americans in this story might have a different allegorical meaning entirely. Yeah. That's far more based in what happened after Fukushima, you know? Yeah, and that's it. I don't know much about that. that They might have provided an amazing aid to Japan. Japan. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty major disaster, that one, unfortunately. That was on par with Chernobyl. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is somehow looked over, I think. Mm. If that we, no one really talks about that 2011 incident. No, not yet. No, no and not it, yet. I mean, it, it is only ten years old. It that is, that is true. Old. That is true. Well, <laughs> so we went. Sorry, Alex. How are you? I'm still in the room, just in case anyone was wondering. We've been the Steve and Matt podcast with the side oh, of Alex. So we got we got revved up there. Yeah, we really. did. That was, yeah. that was and fun. that's fine. That's that's what the power. What of do you the think, mo- Alex? Yeah, no, it was good. Anyway, so what are we going <laughs> to So out of five watts, are we going to give this? Um, oh, God. B2 Ameri- bombers? I was going to say American B2 bombers. Uh, stealth bombers, weren't they? Th- oh, actually, no, I think you're right, yes. Yeah. Scientific committees. Japanese tanks. Uh, maybe the fact that we can't decide on one is, yeah. is appropriate. Is Ooh, appropriate. out of five indecisions. Yes. Yeah, there we yes. go. Five indecisions. Uh, who would like to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Go for it. Uh, I uh, this is one of those films that really does tickle me. It's it's got a it's got a point. It sticks to the point. It does so well with that point as well. Um, Godzilla is is everything I wanted it to be in Shin Godzilla, um, and this is 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 a far better film than uh, Kong v Godzilla. That's for sure. Uh, it's definitely five in decision in decisions. Oh, yes, wonderful. Uh, probably one of the the better films. I, I, I watched this earlier this year in preparation for Kong v Godzilla, and it's probably one of the the better films I've watched in the last couple of years. Wow, there you go. I do agree with a lot of your points, so I won't bother um, repeating them. I think my my only negative thing about this film, and I really mean my only negative thing, is that I do think it could have been a bit shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not quite sure how long it is. It's about two hours, I think. Yeah, isn't two it? hours. Yeah. yeah. I just I just think like the pacing, even though there's a lot of bureaucracy, I think. It's actually quite good. I don't mind. I mean, maybe it's because of my bizarre love of the prequel trilogy, but I don't mind a room full of people talking, provided it's interesting. Um, unlike they set up a blockade for Godzilla, <laughs> exactly like trade routes, that kind of thing. It's great. Um, but I, I should also say, though, on the flip side, because I've complained about it before, when you get a movie like The Hateful Eight, which is a room full of people talking for three hours, it's not. That's not entertaining. There's something about this movie that makes people sitting in a room having arguments or indecision quite entertaining and i don't know what that is but i loved it nonetheless i like godzilla it's i, I always jump at a chance to watch a foreign film because i i definitely in my tastes in terms of english language films like the more i guess mainstream stuff like we're talking you'd you know your spielberg 
um, tentpole blockbuster kind of thing. So it's really cool to always see a different culture on show. And it was great to see Tokyo in a different light. That wasn't always just nighttime. Mm. You know, to see it during the day was quite cool. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I, I got it. I, I always liked satire. And um, strangely enough, I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I would. It's going to be, again, a bit long. I think I'm going to give it 4.5. Okay. Well, if if I am I allowed to talk, is that fine? Like, am I allowed to get some... right? So that's nine and a half. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for joining Steve and I on the trailer. <laughs> I, I look. I really like the political satire in this. I think it was shot beautifully. I would have loved to have seen it in a cinema because some of those shots, even just people's mm. faces close up, I'm like that would look amazing on the big screen. It just looks beautiful. Yes, the CGI is a bit janky, but you know we can forgive that. It's not. That's not what it's about. It's about the story of this thing emerging mm. from the ocean. The titling thing did annoy me a little bit and yes it does run a little bit long but I think at the core of how I feel about it is that it's not Roland Emmerich's 1997 Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. I deliberately didn't bring that movie because I do like that film. With Matthew Broderick that is possibly one of my favourite films <laughs> and you know it's, it's not that. I, can, no. I, I don't mean to derail your, your rating. I just want to point out, just for solidarity, I too legitimately love that movie. <laughs> and I have no shame in that. I don't think I've ever watched that film all the uh, way through. You have got something. It's just it's it's waiting for you, Steve. That film exists <laughs> and it just wants you to watch it. There is a 4K remaster. Um, oh, look out. Happy birthday to me. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to give it a four. A four okay. for me. But it was, again, fantastic. Yeah, not enough Madison Square Garden for you. No, no, no. Okay. A hint of mini Godzillas, though. So I did. The, you know, yes, mm-hmm. definitely hint of mini Godzillas. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Classics. Very. Um, did we ever actually explain that their plan, that like they, they just trying to devise a plan to stop Godzilla? Is that? Is that? Do we? Well, I don't oh, think oh, we really um, did. Uh, no. We well, just talk about their indecision, didn't yeah. we? No, yeah. they do actually eventually come up with a plan, which yeah. was cool. Yes. yes, bureaucracy does prevail. It eventually, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. kind of the point. If you wait long enough, they'll eventually get there. Something might happen. <laughs> well, that's a good. Hang on, uh, thirteen and a half out of fifteen. That's not bad. Nah, not at all. That's quite impressive, really. It's. Uh, I look forward to looking back on these ratings at the end of the year. Yeah, it's gonna be a good year in review, I think. Yeah, well, look, we've been the Trailer Island Podcast, and this week I was mostly just sitting in my chair <laughs> as uh, Makaro San and Matthew <laughs> had a good chat about Shin Godzilla, which was a request this week from Mickle Pickle with two L's on both ends of that, who's on YouTube. If you can check him out, and yeah, he sent in this request. He also sent in a bit of his voice saying, this is why I like this movie. We should probably give his voice back, shouldn't we? We should maybe at some point, yeah. but we've got to bring it to, it's, it's quite a high-pitched voice, so I've just got to bring it down <laughs> at some point. It's stuck in the helium balloon up at the... Anyway. Uh, yeah, so you can send us a request like he has done. Uh, send in your voice as well. Contact at trailerisland.com.au if you'd like. Via email, you can send us a thing on uh, Facebook too. And you can visit the website all and do all the sorts of things. All the socials. All the beat boots. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell your friends. Give us a five-star rating and we would really appreciate that. Help us build our audience so we can bring more episodes to you. Yeah, right. yeah, nailed it. Very yeah. Oh, okay. Unlike very... the Japanese government's betrayal in Shin Godzilla, that was very precise. <laughs> uh, good night, everybody. G- guten Nacht. <laughs> the Germans are in this. They, film. There are. Yeah. I enjoyed briefly. the Germans very briefly. Yeah. Yes. All right. Anyway. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I miss my reptile brethren.
This is a Narrative Network podcast.